Let me begin with a little commercial since our theme today is connecting people. The square, our online community, is one of the great ways we have to connect with one another. Let me give you just one example how I used this a few weeks back. I was in the hospital. We had two of our members on the same floor, just a few, floor, a few doors down from each other with similar medical issues. And so I asked if they knew about the other person. They happened to go to two different worship services, so they really didn't meet. And they said, well, the name sounds familiar, but I'm not sure I can picture them. So I pulled out my phone, went to the square, and fortunately that couple had their picture in the square, so I showed it to them. They go, yeah, I've seen that person in UMW. Well, I don't know what all happened after that, but it provided an opportunity for connection to happen, some sacred connection. So please get online, get your photo uploaded, and help us to connect one, better with one another as we build our, our community. Now, our uh, worship experience uh, has focused last Sunday on our series in which we talked about being rooted in love. And I was wondering if you could repeat that that vision with me, rooted in love, connecting people, planting seeds of hope. So last Sunday we focused on what it meant to be rooted in love and how we shared everything is about the love of Christ. That's the root of everything we do and make sure nothing else gets in the way of that. We also talked about how we can employ that vision in our planning and work as a church. Today we're focusing on connecting, connecting people. And connections are sacred, are they not? I uh, learned a long time ago with four children that uh, when they hit the teenage phase, that if I wanted to connect with them, I better learn how to text. Anybody else in that boat? Yeah, it just became a necessity because they're not going to answer my phone call, and they rarely listen to their uh, voicemail. So they will, though, from time to time, see your text and in the midst of whatever they're doing, text right back. So I learned that right off the bat. Well, my daughter proposed a, a new opportunity for me just a few weeks ago. Uh, she got a smart watch, and it had the ability to connect with my watch. And so she said, Dad, I, I'm working on some exercise, and she's trying to lose some weight. How about you connect, and we'll, we'll challenge each other. And so I said, sure, why not? And we discovered that we, we were both a little competitive. <laughs> so the cool thing about this is that any time I can look at my phone or look at my watch and I can see how many steps she has in, whatever active calories she has, I can read a whole lot of stuff about what's going on with her day. And so there was one of the first days we did it, she texted and said, what you been doing? I've already got 8,000 steps in. Well, guess what I did? I got on the treadmill. <laughs> because it didn't stop until midnight, <laughs> and I beat her that night. But one of the special things is that without bothering her at all, I can quickly go look, and I can kind of tell what's going on with her day. I can tell, if, oh, those are the steps she usually gets just teaching every day, standing up in the classroom. Or if she has very few steps, I can say, well, boy, she's being a slug, and I can send her a little text, hey, what's up? Or if she's blowing me out of the water, I can congratulate her as well. So it brings together, and those connections are very, very special and how important it is for us to make those things happen and follow through with them. And let me tell you, it's, uh, I, I have to admit, I was just a little intimidated putting this sermon together because when I first started, I thought, how are you going to build a sermon around two words? And, and it seems kind of cut and dry connecting people. 
And then I started thinking about, oh my, the Bible is full of examples of a God who connects us with one another. It starts right in the second chapter of Genesis. God created the world, he creates humanity, and then what does he say after Adam is created? It is not good for man to be alone. And he created Eve. And then you look at the Jewish law, Levitical law, it's got full of laws, some of which we have a hard time understanding, but so many of them make lots of sense about creating an equitable society, about being there for one another, make sure that justice is, is not overdone and ends up being revenge, and the number of laws that help create a safety net for the poor. Or you could keep it simple and just look at the Ten Commandments. There are how many commandments? Ten. Very good. You guys are smart. <laughs> Four of them have to do with our relationship with God, but six have to do with our relationships with one another. It tells us to make sure we take care of our aging parents. It tells us not to harm one another. It tells us not to steal, lie, or, lie, or crave after each other's belongings. And so God is very concerned about how we treat one another. And we could go to the New Testament. You've ever stopped and really thought, why did Jesus surround himself with 12 people? Well, I believe that the first church. Jesus was trying to send a message that, that faith is best perfected in community. And remember that Jesus prayer on that last night, the night that he was to be betrayed, he prayed to the Father, may they be one as you and I are one. And then Paul talks about that in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, right? The body of Christ. We are his hands, his feet, his eyes, and his ears. We are connected to one another. And when one suffers, all suffer. And when one is honored, all are honored. And then this passage out of Hebrews that reminds us to provoke one another towards love and to not neglect meeting together. And even the last book of the Bible, Revelation, have you ever stopped to notice when it gives the imagery about heaven, about that next realm, that next life, that it describes it as a holy city? Heaven is not just that country scene where you see a brook going by and we all do our own thing. It's a holy city full of bustling people. God wants to connect us with one another. God is a connecting God. And certainly we live in a time where this vision becomes very relevant because society is becoming more and more isolated. In spite of all the opportunities we have to connect with each other with technology, we become even more isolated. There was a study done in 2014. Did 1,500 face-to-face -face interviews with people. And they discovered that one in four people have no one to confide in, to share life's struggles, or to celebrate its triumphs. And when you took out the fam any family in that, it rises up to one half have no one besides their own family to talk over something with. Robert Putnam in his book, Bowling Alone, had numerous examples of the changing shift in our society, how we're not there for one another. Pointed out that, that from the late 60s to now, we have a 40% drop in having family dinners. 40% drop. The Washington Post discovered that for every 10 minutes that's added to our commute to work, 
and to back from home, home from work decreases by 10% our ability to make connections with one another, which the result is that, that the number of us that have a neighbor that we actually talk to and have some meaningful conversation with has dropped from 19% to 8%. We are just not connecting with each other like we used to connect. And some of this just happens naturally, even in the best of circumstances. How many times have you seen, if you've been ill or have some new physical disability that's come along, how much you feel withdrawn from society? Some of it just happens on our own end, but it also happens from the other side because people don't know what to say, what to do around people who have suffered something that they are threatened by that they just don't want to ever happen to themselves. And so people pull away sometimes even unconsciously. We discovered this about six years ago. My wife Nancy discovered after a mammogram that she had breast cancer. And that was quite a shock to us because Nancy, if you know her, is one of the most healthy-oriented people you'll ever know. I mean, she really takes care of herself and is disciplined in her exercise, and she reads all kinds of nutrition magazines. It was just so hard for us to imagine, well, how could this happen to her? But it did. And what a lonely thing it was. Now, the hospital was great with its support. They had a navigator supply that she could call at any time. They had a weekly support group that she went to, and that was helpful sometimes. But still, it was so lonely to have to make those big decisions about treatment. How do you respond to this? Especially you talk to one doctor and you get one message, and then you get some new information from someone else and trying to put it all together and decide what's best for you to try to prevent it from ever coming back is a very scary proposition. Fortunately for Nancy... She had an 86% prognosis, and she has a plain bill of health as of right now. But still, cancer is always in the back of your mind. And even for the husband, I discovered it was kind of lonely for me. You know how hard it is to sit next to your wife when the doctor's sharing all that information. And I realized this is her body. She has to make that decision. I can't tell her what to do. I could just listen and try to help interpret the information. And that's about the best. And for, you know, a man, you know, most of us, we like to fix things. And this is not something I can fix. And so that isolates you. Life sometimes naturally isolates us. So connecting people is so critical. That's why our care ministries is such a big part of our vision. The divorce care, grief share, single and parenting, our Stevens ministries, the work with people one-on-one are all ways that we bring people together and connect with one another, especially to be with people who are going through similar circumstances that you are is so valuable, so significant. Certainly a way that we connect with one another. Let me return to our explanatory sentence that we were asked to write to help explain a little further what we mean by our vision, connecting people. And the sentence we came up with is building relationships in our community to make life as God intends. There's two big thoughts in that, that phrase. The first thing is building relationships in our community. We wanted to make sure that we made it clear that we are called to get out there, not just our faith community, not just with one another, but more and more we live in a society where people just don't naturally show up at church. They're not just always coming to our door. Now, maybe here at Noblesville, First, they do more than other churches, but still, 
so many people, if we're ever going to make connections, if we're ever going to have the chance to bring Christ's love and transformation, we've got to go out there. We've got to make connections. We've got to make relationships. And that's why getting involved with things like Noblesville Main Street or White River Elementary, being involved with all these partnerships, Janice and so many others are so important. It's important, certainly, to have ministries that are valuable here in our church, but it's even more powerful when we take it out there. And believe me, it's beginning to happen. We're doing some great things. I had the fun of listening to the conversation as I was talking with our ESL teachers. English is a second language. Right here we have many people learning English right here in our building. And, and they were thanking me for the effort of the church to, to build this pen pal program. And then they went on to, to mention also that their kids happened to go to White River Elementary. And they heard at the PTO meeting that they were at earlier in the week that we had supplied 70 kits of art supplies for those children that can't afford it themselves. And that we're also going to be supplying volunteers for their STEAM day that's coming up this coming week. How exciting it is to hear that kind of stuff. And thank you, all of you, the way you pour forth when we have these drives. You do such a fantastic job with all of that. And then let me close by talking about the scripture that we read today that goes along with this vision. Let me go to the New Revised Standard Version because I like this word abundant that's in there. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, we want to share that because we think this vision is good not just for our church, it's also good for our personal faith journeys, for every one of us. And in this journey, it's good to take note what Jesus says here and what he doesn't say. You notice Jesus doesn't say, I came that I might forgive all those sinners so they might have eternal life. Now, that's said in other places, and certainly that's part of salvation. Forgiveness is a key part of salvation, but that's not all of salvation. Jesus didn't say, I came, that they can just get by. He came that we could thrive. He didn't come that we just exist, but that we flourish. He came that we might have life. You see, if forgiveness is all that salvation is about, that means we're just getting back to square one. But Jesus has so much more. Life, life abundantly. And, and the other part of that explanatory sentence I should probably say something about is that it's life as God intends, which is a great phrase that explains the kingdom of God. And one of the ways we experience abundant life is by bringing abundant life to people wherever they are, in the community or here with one another. When we do so, we're living life as Jesus lived it. So it's so important for us to look for those needs in the community as well as among us. Figure out what it would be that would make it more like how God intends it and make it so as best as we can. Then we're living that abundant life. Then we're sharing that abundant life. So God is about connecting people. He is about that business. May it become our business. For when we connect with one another, and when we connect others with each other, we're doing God's work. Let us pray. Lord, if there's anyone here today that feels that isolation and has a hard time reaching out and finding somebody to talk to about whatever's happening in their lives, may, 
May you help create those opportunities for us to be there for one another. May we all be attuned, looking, and having the sensitivity to be aware when someone is reaching out. Make us that faith community where all know that this is a place, a sacred place, where you connect us with each other as well as with you. Amen.